This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, December 29th, 2013. All I want for Christmas, what you wanted. Hmm, so Ralphie finally got what he wanted for Christmas. The, the, quote, the quote is, an official Red Rider carbine action 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and this thing which tells time. Yeah, there you go. He got what he wanted for Christmas. Amen. So what about you? Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? That's our focus this morning as we finish our series, All I Want for Christmas Today, What You Wanted. You know, I've never seen that movie. It just kind of cracks me up when her, the mom's face goes, like, you got him a gun? And then he goes, can I shoot it? And she goes, yeah, take it outside. And it's like, what? What, are you just going to shoot the vases? I don't know. That the whole thing doesn't make sense He's to gonna me. He's going to put his eye out. But That's I the guess problem. I better watch it. I guess I better watch it. Well, good morning, Connection Community Church. It is great to be with you this morning. I just want to take a minute. Lee and Barb Reynolds, uh, you're here with us, and you helped us start the church 12 years ago. Thank you so much for being here with us and every Christmas. We just... Yeah, I'm telling you, we're up here singing in the praise team with us for yeah. years, and it's always great to see you. Thank <laughs> you. And Becky Kelly Collison, Becky was, and her family, the Kelly family, part of our church. Becky was called into ministry from our church and now serves uh, a church in Georgetown, Delaware, and she, along with her husband, Glenn, and newly engaged little Joseph, who we watched grow up, and his uh, fiance there. We're so glad and we're honored that you came to worship with us today. Blessings on your ministry. Thank you. Did I say who I was? Okay, no, still I'm wondering. My, my name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. It's a day to celebrate. It's a day to be together. It's a day to worship you. So we thank you for that opportunity. Help us settle in and receive what you have in store for each one of us. Help us remove the distractions of the day and just really... Um, center in. We pray this in your name. And everybody gathered said, amen. amen. So we were on our way back from Wilmington two days after Christmas. We were on 95 and going by the mall. And I looked over and oh my goodness, that place was like overflowing with cars. I don't think there was a parking spot. We didn't go in. We just traveled by. But it looked like it was two days before Christmas, not two days after. And, and I came to the conclusion there was two, one of two reasons people were in there. On the one hand, there were great sales or something, and they went in to buy the things that they didn't get, you know, what they wanted but didn't get for Christmas, or they were in returning or exchanging the things that they did get but that weren't right for Christmas, okay? But in, in either case, they were there because somebody hadn't gotten what they wanted for Christmas. So how about you? Did you get what you wanted? Well, how many people here were at the mall that day? Like, have you been to the mall since Christmas? Oh, uh, a couple of you. Wow, you're Was brave. Was it fun? You are brave. 
Yeah. <laughs> so throughout the Advent season, Advent is a time of preparation that we've spent through the month of December preparing for the coming of the Christ child. We've looked at different people and what they've wanted for Christmas. And the question is, did they get what they wanted? Did they get what they wanted? We started at the beginning of December with people, with everyday people, the people who lived back 2,000 years ago when they were expecting or waiting for Jesus to be born. Now the reality is some got what they wanted and some did not. Those who didn't were expecting a warrior king, this king like kind of coming in on this white stallion, you know, all pomp and circumstance. They didn't get that. They didn't get what they wanted or what they were expecting. Those who were tied into the prophetic word, the prophecies, those words spoken by people appointed by God to share what was to come in the Old Testament. When they heard the words in Isaiah about the suffering servant, born of a virgin Mary in Bethlehem, that would bring salvation to God's people, they got what they were hoping for. They got it. But the only question about all that now would be, did they recognize the gift when the gift was right in front of them? And then there were the leaders, both political and spiritual leaders at the time. There's this kind of mixed results, like um, Caesar Augustus, he wanted a census to be taken. Well, that in fact happened, and that's why uh, Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem at the time, because they were supposed to come to their hometown for the census. The other part of it, though, was uh, Caesar Augustus, uh, his adopted father was Julius Caesar, who was considered a god by those people. And so therefore, Jew, or Caesar Augustus would have thought of himself as the son of a god. Only trouble is, there's only one of those, and it wasn't him. And we know who it was, right? The one born in a manger in Bethlehem, the one that we're celebrating his birth during this season. So that, that idea of him being the son of God, that didn't, didn't, didn't make it in reality. And then there's King Herod, his Christmas wish was that he would uh, uh, know when, that he would be able to destroy any rival to his throne. And he was successful killing all the male children two years and under in that area, but he didn't get his wish because God was two steps ahead. Don't you wonder, isn't it incredible how God is always like two steps ahead at least? Amen? Amen. Two steps ahead and he had Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus traveled to Egypt before the slaughter took place. And then Herod then came up short when it came to getting his ultimate Christmas wish. And then the third week of Advent, we looked at the family, Mary and Joseph. Now they were both very faithful and they did what God shared with them. They lived into that. You know, the angel spoke to them, and they successfully made it to Bethlehem before Jesus was born. And we read in Scripture that they went on to have more children. At some point, we don't hear about Joseph anymore. He's no longer in the story. So 
uh, an assumption might be that he passed away, but Mary, Mary was there through Jesus' entire life, right up to being at the foot of the cross, where we read that she was kneeling at the foot of the cross. She was there when her son, the Savior of the world, was crucified. She got to be a part of the entire plan that God had laid out for her. And then there was Mary's uh, uh, relative, possibly a cousin, Elizabeth, and her husband, Zechariah, who... Uh, gosh, their lifelong wish was to have children, but she was considered barren and, and very old and very unlikely to have a child. But, you know, with God, all things are possible. And so they were told she would have a child, and she did, and then it further was fulfilled as John, her son, did in fact prepare the way for the Lord, as was prophesied, and uh, preached the message of repentance and preparation to the people in the area uh, uh, for Christ to follow and come and, and be the Savior at that time. Then there were the, um, the visitors, shepherds, wise men. Wow, they got their wishes. Shepherds were told by an angelic choir to go into Bethlehem and see this thing, which they did, and they were totally blessed, such that they then went out and shared that good news with anyone who was willing to listen. The wise men traveled from the east. They came to worship the king that they'd heard about, read about, and were familiar with, and whose, whose star they had followed for many, many miles. And they did, in fact, come in, worship, bringing very valuable gifts, and returning home by an alternate route. And then there's God. On Christmas Eve, we suggested that God's Christmas wish is the same wish that God had when God started, when God formed humankind way back in the Garden of Eden, which is a relationship. God desired a relationship then, and God's wish is a relationship with each one of us now, right here today. God has done God's part. I want to go back just for a minute. God desires a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. Accepting Christ as Savior. And so God has done his part, bringing his son all the way into the world. Emmanuel, God with us. We just sang that, God with us. And it does not get any more personal than that. Now, I think we're still working on our side of the equation. <laughs> You know, the, the jury is still out on our response to God. And so each one of us, God desires this personal relationship, this involvement with the Savior of the world. And that one is still a work in progress. And so that takes us back to the question of the day. What about you? Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? If you were looking for some nice gifts, some family time, great meals, some time off from work, did you get any and or all of those things? And if you did, are you finding them fully satisfying? Did, did you get what you asked for? And if you did, are you happy with what you asked for? And on the other hand, maybe you're seeking a little bit more. 
This is where I'm at. I'm seeking more of God, more of Christ, more of the Holy Spirit. I just want to get more. How about you? And if you don't even have Jesus as your Lord and Savior at this point, are you open to even exploring that? If you are, that's an awesome thing. Are you willing to take that step into that relationship and what that looks like for your life? I remember several Christmas um, days as a kid, um, late in the day. Dinner would be over, and I had kind of an ironic situation because I was stuffed from the stuff and I couldn't hardly see straight. I'd be laying on the living room carpet there, and yet with a slightly empty feeling, kind of an interesting uh, juxtaposition there. Loaded, yet kind of empty. And, 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 I, and I think the empty feeling was because after all the hoopla, you know, after all the planning and preparation, all the lights, camera, and action, it was all over. It was like all the presents we've been hoping for, wondering about, dreaming of, no longer were dreams, but they were reality, you know. And uh, all those smells from the kitchen that had been so enticing all day were now just leftovers in the refrigerator. And, you know, the, the family members who we just couldn't wait to see and were looking forward to were now on their way back home. And, um, and so I was just kind of left there on the living room carpet there, laying there wondering um, how it could have all come and gone so quickly, especially after all that time we'd spent weeks and weeks getting ready, you know, and, and then my dad at some point would always say, well, it's all over but the shouting. So, of course, I'd have to shout something to make it official that it was all over, and it was, or so we thought. So for you, is it all over but the shouting? Are you kind of laying on the floor, so to speak, wondering where it all went, what happened, and it's all over? You know, all that planning and all that preparation. Have you made your gift returns or exchanges, whatever you need to do? Are you ready to put those gifts away? And if you've done that, are you ready to put down, take down the tree, Put all the decorations away, put them back where they belong, back in the box, and get back to normal until next year when we have to do it all over again. Is Christmas over now and you're ready to move on? You know, things have changed a little bit for me nowadays. I still get stuff from the stuffing, but I don't lay down on the floor anymore after dinner. And, and um, and I haven't picked up where my dad left off. I don't shout, you know, if it's all over but the shouting or anything like that. And, and I guess the reason for that is because I realize that at the end of the day on Christmas, it really isn't over. But it's the beginning, right? It's not over, but it's just the beginning. Because Christmas isn't something that we put in a box take out of the box for a few weeks, and then pack it away for the next year. That's not really Christmas. We might do that with the decorations, but we can't do that with Christmas, can we? 
We can't do that with Christmas. And that's because Christmas isn't something that happens just one day each year, December 25th. I've come to realize Christmas is an everyday thing. Can I get an amen on that? Christmas is an everyday thing. Every day is Christmas if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Every day is Christmas as we celebrate each and every day anew his birth. And therefore, we get to celebrate anew our rebirth in him. Let me say that again. Each day we get to celebrate his birth anew. And in so doing, we get to celebrate our rebirth in him. Are you with me here? Good. Every day is Christmas as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every day is a celebration of Jesus coming into the world, God's ultimate expression of a personal relationship with you and with me, with each and every one of us, this offer of salvation given his very life for each of us. Every day is a holiday, and that holiday is Christmas. Amen? Amen. And so God's ultimate expression of his love for us is offering that relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And when we accept that relationship, those of us who are, have accepted that, we know that life turns upside down. Life turns upside down because Jesus does not deal with status quo. In Jesus, all things are new, things are totally unexpected, and it's all good. It's all good. As a follower of Jesus, what we realize is what we want for Christmas is not about us. It's not about us. Let's take a look at what the Bible says about this. Matthew 28. That's Jesus, a mistake. It's Matthew 20. I wrote the wrong excuse thing. Excuse me, Matthew 20. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. Can you say the rest with me? He came to serve, not be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who were held hostage. We're also reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in remembrance of Jesus. He said this, he says, I've never, as you so well know, had any taste for wealth or fashion. With these bare hands, I took care of my own basic needs and those who worked with me. In everything I've done, I have demonstrated to you how necessary it is to work on behalf of the weak and to not exploit them. You'll not likely go wrong here if you keep remembering what our master, that our master said, you're far happier, say it with me, giving than getting. Let's say that again. You're, you're far, far happier, happier giving, giving than getting. So it's better to give than get. It's better to serve than be served. And we say that a lot around Connection Church, and you're probably thinking, I wish they would stop saying that. We're not going to, because that's the gospel message. Giving because of what we've received, which is Jesus Christ, who came to pierce the darkness and bring forth light. Because, of, because at Christmas, we each have our own little wish list and we you know, play hostess with the mostest. Boy, did I try to do that this year. But the thing is, Christmas is not over. It is about giving and serving, and it doesn't stop now. In fact, 
it is just the beginning, as Alan said. It is just the beginning. We don't stop outreach because Christmas is over. We don't stop worshiping God, you know, the Christ child, because Christmas is over. It's just the beginning. The challenge is to keep that Christmas spirit of giving and serving alive each and every day. Serving and giving, here's the thing, not because it's expected, not because we have to, not because there's some need in the church. Mm. We serve and we give because that's what Jesus did. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we try to do what he did, what he taught us to do. Amen? Pure and simple. Well, that's what a disciple, that's what a Christian means, to be, try to be Christ-like and to do, try to do what Jesus did. We serve and give because it's about God and others. It's not about me. We serve and give because when it's all said and done, that is what is fulfilling and brings meaning. And we get, it's almost a selfish thing. We feel good when we serve and give. We're reminded of what the Apostle Paul shared with the church at Corinth, said this. He said, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Say the last line with me. For God loves a cheerful giver. Say that again. For God loves a cheerful giver. We talked about this in the Now campaign, but it's not just about money. It doesn't say God loves a cheerful money giver. It's a gift. Whatever we give, when we serve, when we give of ourselves, whatever we share and give, it's to be cheerful. If we're going to do it with an attitude, don't do it. <laughs> give cheerfully. Give joyfully to the Lord, for the Lord, on behalf of the Lord. Here's the thing about serving and giving. You know, we do not get to heaven we don't get bonus points from serving and giving. The way we spend eternity with God is through the relationship with Jesus Christ. But an outward sign, our thank you note to God, is serving and giving. There isn't some big tote board in the sky, it's like, ding, 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 you served, you're going to one step closer to heaven. That is not the way it works. <laughs> it's based on that relationship with Jesus. But I really do question uh, an authentic relationship with Jesus without serving. That just doesn't work. An authentic relationship without Jesus, without giving, that just doesn't work. Serving, giving is our response to that relationship with Christ. Our salvation is a gift from the one born in the manger 2,000 years ago. We talked on Christmas Eve about the sin gap. The way I see it is we're here, God's here, and the cross is across the way filling that sin gap. Jesus went to the cross 
willingly. Nobody had to yank his arms up and nail them. Jesus did that willingly for you and for me so that we could live in eternity here and in heaven. See, it starts when we accept Christ, that, that eternal life starts here on earth and in heaven. We cannot earn our salvation, but our sin gap is so big, Jesus came to close that gap. Mm. Serving and giving. As Carrie said, they don't earn us salvation. We can't get that salvation on our own. They are, as she said, just simply a thank you card to Jesus for what he's already done. See, we don't aren't saved by what we do. We're saved by what Christ has already done. And we're just able to, in our own pitiful ways, say thank you <laughs> with what we serve and how we give. The serving giving are part of a personal relationship with Jesus, sharing with him what it means to live a life centered on him rather than on ourselves. Serving and giving, this is probably the, the greatest thing, serving and giving allow us to share in the richness of what God has to offer as it reminds us that God shares and gives with us all that we have. All that we have. As I reflect on serving and giving, I think about the times when I feel most fulfilled is when I've gone kind of kicking and screaming in the serving and the giving. Those things that I really, I really don't want to do, but I know I should, and I'm not, it's not about guilt, it's just about feeling like, okay, God, I was obedient, and I did what you wanted me to do, and then I feel fulfilled. So those things that, that are more difficult, sometimes we are fulfilled even more when we serve and give out of that. All I want for Christmas, well, what do you want? We hope that it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that wherever you are, whether you're like, okay, I'm here, and I'm hearing about Jesus, and, and I'm at least open to talking and seeing what that means for me, to I've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and I just want to go deeper and deeper and deeper, whatever that looks like. We hope that you're on that journey, that you're on that road, because we can tell you that it is the greatest gift that we get to receive. And all we want for Christmas, the life that God desires when God first thought of us. Amen? Let's pray. God, it is, it is a challenge when we... Um, make a decision that you'll be the leader of our lives and then we surrender what we want or what we have to you. But the really cool thing, God, is that we get so much more back and it looks different and it's so good. Thank you for all the blessings. Thank you for those times when we're at the end of our rope, when we think we can't take one more step or even breathe one more breath, and that you loved us enough to send your son, Jesus, 
to pierce that darkness with light. Jesus is the light of the world. That's what he said. Thank you for sending your son, son Jesus to fill that sin gap so that we can be free and live in peace and with joy. We thank you and praise you and help us live our lives as a thank you note to you. Pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit and everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.